looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Hey, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. Yes, this is where you get the African perspective. And we're all about the African renaissance, affirming who we are as Africans. Thank you for joining us on our various platforms. And uh, remember that uh, you can uh, join us on DSTV Channel 802 on the audio bouquet. And also, we are on uh, uh, our website, www.channelafrica.co.za. We're looking at Madagascar. Counting is still underway with the elections. But look, we have three ex-presidents that are running for presidency in Madagascar, namely Andre Rajolina, Mark Ravalomanana, and Harry Rajonare Mampianina, who is uh, actually, all these three guys are actually right in the action of this. What are your thoughts of this? Do you think it's healthy that uh, three ex-presidents are running for presidency and why? Uh, give us your thoughts on our Facebook page. Our Facebook page is simply titled Channel Africa. Uh, thank you to those who commented yesterday. Yesterday on our theme looking at uh, the airlines, a lot of views came through. And uh, one that I didn't read was from Isaac Buerta when we were asking, should South Africa let go of SAA or not? And Isaac Buerta said that uh, don't sell it, just increase its efficiency by having a manageable fleet of aircraft and a sizable workforce. Those idle aircraft should be sold or leased out to other airliners like Malawian Airlines, Rwandan, etc., etc. So, hey, contribute to to today's subject matter though we're looking at madagascar what are your thoughts on that channel africa is the facebook page we're asking the question do you think it's good for the country madagascar that it has three ex-presidents running for presidency and why well during the counting also there were reports that the european union observer mission overseeing madagascar's election uh, said that the ex-president andre rajolina had bribed two local officials with a total of five thousand u.s dollars dollars rather rajalina has rejected these allegations by eu observers in a report that they outlined that the observer mission had noticed uh, candidates committed breaches ahead of the november uh, 7 poll according to preliminary uh, reports uh, when uh, these particular uh, allegations were coming out rajalina was leading uh, the election race ahead of rival mark ravalo Mamanana. as i mentioned he's also a former president. Well, let's try to outline all of this. Joining us from Addis Ababa is Lisa Lowe Voldren, the senior research consultant at the Institute for Security Studies. We also have Frank Likaba, who is a researcher at Africa Institute of South Africa unit within uh, the Human Sciences Research Council. And also we've got Professor Dirk Kutia, who is a professor in political sciences at the University of South Africa. He was also involved in the official training program in South Africa for the government of South Sudan and also with the mediation process in Madagascar, which is the uh, topic that we are talking about. Let me start with you, Professor Dr. here from your viewpoint in terms of 
where the country sits in currently right now. Madagascar is one of the world's poorest countries with almost four in five people living in grinding poverty. How much of the country uh, does the development of uh, the country actually depend on these particular elections and especially the transition process we've seen in the last eight years or so? It's been a long period and indeed these elections are very important. Yes, well, elections remain important. We cannot wish them away for any reason. Um, and therefore, I think the decision about who's the next president of Madagascar is going to be important, not only in terms of the economic development, but very much about the political stability also and the direction that the country is going to take for the next five years. Because as you said in your introduction, it is one of the poorest countries um, in Africa and actually in the world. They very much depend on on, the, on, on external support, um, but at the same time, they've become in a very much sort of caught into the the, the, the domain of many other international powers. For example, obviously France in the first instance, and France maintains a very strong presence in uh, Madagascar. They have even millet, uh, French troops in, in Madagascar all the time still. But then another country that became exceptionally prominent in Madagascar, especially during the crisis period after 2009, is China. Um, they are involved in the export of wood, of, of oil, uh, sand oil in Madagascar, and all sorts of other things. So these have all very important impact on it, and the, the person who will be elected uh, as president will determine to what extent, in which direction this is going. This was, for example, one of the explanations that uh, President Ravlamanana gave to me why he was expelled as, as president is because he opened up the economy mm. too much and he wanted to move away from this French dominance that existed there. Um, so from if we look at all these different considerations, it, it remains important uh, who is going to be elected there. Well, let me bring it to you, Liesl, there from Addis Ababa. What are your thoughts? What is actually pinned on these particular elections? Yes, hi, uh, good morning. I, I, I agree with the professor. These are very important, even though we are seeing the same characters, the same elite leaders again participating uh, in this poll. Uh, your original question uh, at the start of the program about, you know, is this a good thing that we have three former presidents? I think if you look at the massive gap in the results between um, on the one side, Rajolina Ravlamanana, and then Rajao Nariman Pian, and his results that are just bordering 8%, and the others are, are now, I think, 36, 39%, 395 for Rajolina. It shows that um, there is this, this uh, huge gap between the former presidents who are still very powerful and who also have a lot of money. I mean, that, that has been one of the themes of this campaign is, uh, you know, the helicopters, how much money has been spent on campaigns, even allegations of bribery, as you said. Um, so having former presidents running um, just also skews the playing field because they seem, in this case, in Madagascar, certainly to have a lot more means to campaign than everybody else, including the incumbent who, as you know, had to step down in, in September. All right. Um, let me take it to Frank, um, because, Frank, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, these particular elections. How important are they from your perspective? 
Uh, these elections are very important, and I want to emphasize the points colleagues have raised. But particularly to say that, remember, uh, since Harry Rajanamina came into power, he went and organized a donors and investors conference in Paris. I'm losing you there. I don't know if we've got you on your landline or your cell phone number there, Frank. Um, let me try. Let me try listen to you just a little bit more and see if we still can connect with you. Carry on, okay. Frank. Okay. Can I speak? Yeah, you sound better. Yeah. No, I'm saying these elections are very important in a sense that uh, in you'll remember in 2014, 15, there was an investors conference held in Paris. I don't remember the date exactly. But what was critical in that investors' conference was that the investment that the World Bank and the IMF pledged for the country was for a period of three years. And that period of three years was uh, uh, deliberate on the, on, the, on the point that President Herrera Jonaman Pianina has got a national development plan that was earmarked to end uh, this year. So meaning the candidate that comes in in these elections will have to come up with a, a new national development plan that will guide the development of the country uh, maybe for the next five years as the norm now that is happening in the country, the national development plan is for five years or maybe for the next, uh, for the foreseeable future. But it's very critical for that point. Uh, secondly, I want sure. to say, uh, Benjamin, these elections are also critical. They raise a very critical point about Malagasy society, which is the issue of ethnicity. You see, the three people that are now the front runners, all of them are coming from the Marina uh, ethnic group, and the others are not in in the front running. Why is this so? It exposes the class dynamics in the country. It exposes, as Leslie indicated, the wealth, the distribution of the wealth who has got money in the country. So I think, among other things, because this is one of the issues that has beset that society for a very long time, because there's even a ministry of decentralization, meaning power must be decentralized from Antananarivo to the other 21 regions of the country. Mm. And, and that has not happened. So, and, and this is what uh, these candidates have been emphasizing, that when they come into power, they'll make sure that, among other things, they come with a national development plan, and they're going to see to it that there's that distribution of power to the other regions of the, of the country. Very interesting insights there. I'm going to take a quick break, and I'm going to take the points that you brought forward there, Frank, back to Professor Dirk Kotsia and Elisa Lovulgen. We're looking at Madagascar. We're still waiting for the results. Uh, the last time we heard is that... Uh, uh, that uh, uh, Andre Ravalino was actually uh, leading uh, these particular elections just behind uh, uh, Mark Ravalo Manana. And uh, very interesting to see Rajolina's return to politics as well. Maybe we could speak around that. We know that he was responsible for a, a big coup some uh, years back and he was just known as a DJ. And all of a sudden, there was this coup that he was heading. So we'll speak about those dynamics, how he came back into uh, uh, politics. But let's take a quick break. We'll be back. No matter where you go, remember the road that will lead you home. One of Africa's most impressive events, the East African Market Festival, is taking place in Johannesburg, South Africa's biggest city, during the month of November 
2018, culminating the main event on the 17th of November. Hosting a selection of incredible talented musicians, a craft market, East African cuisine, and much, much more, the East African Market Festival. Bring your family and friends. Come experience East Africa. If you cannot make it, then join Channel Africa as we bring you the excitement and sounds from the event. Channel Africa, bringing you to the African perspective. Well, thank you for joining us. It's 21 minutes past 11 o'clock Central African time. You're still with me, Benjamin Mushatam. We're asking this crucial question. Do you think it's a good thing that we have three ex-presidents running for Madagascar? Go to our Facebook page, simply titled Channel Africa. Always love airing your viewpoints. Uh, so uh, give us your thoughts. You might not know Madagascar in itself, but overall, do you think it's good for uh, three ex-presidency, or presidents rather, to be running for uh, the presidency? Give us your thoughts on our uh, Facebook page that's simply titled Channel Africa. If you're just joining us, we've got Lisa Lowe-Voldren who's made time for us in Addis Ababa. I know she gets busy wherever she's stationed there but she's the Senior Research Consultant at the Institute for Security Studies. We also have Professor Dirk Kutsia who is a Professor in Political Sciences at the University of South Africa and was also involved in terms of official training programs and mediation processes in Madagascar and South Sudan. Franklin Gabazon, uh, the line as well researcher at the Africa Institute of South Africa, which is a unit within the Human uh, Sciences Research Council. Lisa, let me come to you in terms of some of the key points that uh, um, Frank brought to the table in this discussion. It's actually early in the discussion. I thought we were still going to digest uh, the election dynamics, but I think these points should be digested. And uh, what are your thoughts around uh, the inheritance uh, that uh, uh, the current uh, uh, or president who, who is now re- being removed from seats actually leaving now because yes he did try create some form of stability around um, issues of a national development plan but we still see uh, the issues of the economy still ones that are pressing for the country and the idea of also a decentralizing power into other parts of uh, Madagascar is something that uh, Frank also highlighted what are your thoughts around some of those themes Yes, thank you. Um, a very interesting discussion. I think um, so the outgoing president did have since 2013 to implement these plans, but under very difficult circumstances. The country has been growing around 5%, I think, the last year, which really isn't bad, but coming from such a low base and with all the political turmoil, actually since the early 2000s when the former president, Didier Ratsirak, and Ramana Manana faced off, uh, people might remember there were months of stalemates and infrastructure destroyed, etc. So you've had this, and then the 2009 coup, in March, so there's been all this upheaval, and so he has tried, um, Frank mentioned that investment conference in Paris, which was very interesting, Um, but you know, there was also an investment conference organized in South Africa, uh, and the president, uh, came, hardly anybody turned up, it was really quite a failure, um, for, for Madagascar, really tried to uh, let's say become more and more part of SADC, uh, try and improve 
improve trade links with South Africa, sure. uh, tourism, which, which hasn't happened, which I think is still quite interesting because, uh, you know, people accuse France of meddling and the troops and so on. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, it is interesting that Madagascar somehow can't seem to uh, attract uh, enough interest from, from businesses much closer, you know, in the region. There is a political interest, I think, the um, President Cyril uh, Ramaphosa has sent envoys there. South Africa has been quite involved, and SADC, obviously, with these elections, but also in 2013, lots of controversy around that. Um, but to get the economy really go, uh, um, off the ground, to stabilize the situation, one would uh, have thought that apart from South Korea, China, etc., the regional uh, economic integration, you know, is, is paramount. So Madagascar is one of the few countries, for example, that are not part of the SADC electronic um, payment system, uh, you know, for, for trade that, that really, really makes trade in the region um, are much easier. So, so yeah, the, looking towards the future, that would be one of the things that the winner of these elections should look to. Okay, let me bring it to uh, you, Professor Dirk Kutsia. What are your thoughts on some of those themes that were brought forward by Frank? Well, I think, first of all, the, as we said from the start, is um, Madagascar's base of, of, of economic development is, is one of the lowest in the world. Um, so therefore, there's, there's serious problems, challenges for them. Uh, that the, the, um, the candidates um, have different approaches to how they, they want to address it. Um, Rajwalin is, is more um, focused on economic development um, in a more traditional way, um, while uh, the, the former president Ramanana is more focused on infrastructural development. So it's two very different approaches that they have in mind. Um, the Ramana is a former um, mayor of, of the, the capital city, Tananarivu, and that was his successes there. Um, his, his wife, incidentally, is now the mayor, and that uh, and Rajolina is a former mayor of uh, Tananarivu. So in, in that sense, it looks like that is the stepping stone towards the presidency, um, and it is normally their, their approaches to, is, is in a sense, tested uh, at that metropolitan level of, of city level. Um, and I think what Problem Dana the past did, he had also a national development plan, but that was interrupted by when he was uh, in 2009 while he was president, so he never could really implement it. And I, I think the, the main concern is now is is for all the, the the assets, and there's very many natural assets in Madagascar. All that can be used for its own purposes because it's the uh, the classic dilemma that they have is that they, they actually export all their, their good products, but in a raw form, not in a beneficiated form. Yeah. So their income is, is, is very limited. Um, and there's no way which they can ex- escape from that because they are so dependent on the European Union, union uh, in the past, the, the U.S. also, and other uh, external donors in order to carry basically their, um, their economy. Mm. And I think this is the challenge of whoever is going to be the next president um, is how to deal with that because it's going to depend very much on diplomatic skills or how they are going to manage the international community in order to assist with the economic development. And it is mm. not mm. for local education. Well, uh, 
interesting viewpoints there, Frank. But I also want to look at this comeback kid since he is kind of leading uh, the elections currently. Uh, we know we don't have the final results yet. And I want us to zoom into Andre Rajolina, especially because he came through when the country was struggling to overcome political divisions. And also there were a lot of issues around the disputed 2001 elections. We know that also sparked clashes and there was that uh, 2009 military-backed coup that he was actually very central in Frank. Um, this comeback kid, Andrew Rajolina, what more do we know? Because when I was speaking to um, colleagues earlier on in the week, I was like, could he make a comeback? And everyone's like, no, he's too young, he's immature <laughs> for politics. But here he is. It seems like he's still loved in the country. Yeah, let me just pick on what you have just said, uh, Benjamin. The issue of age is a very critical issue. And many colleagues raise it. Uh, many colleagues have discussed with on the issue of Madagascar, I've been raising the issue of age. But one thing I picked up when I was on a visit to Madagascar was that uh, Rajalina has also realized this. And he has, he has assembled a team of advisors. Among other things, uh, this is not tested, it's not, I can't really say, but apparently has got high-profile individuals who are at the international level who were at some point leaders of various uh, countries, some in, the, in Europe, who are advising him, who have built his profile as a political individual since the, 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 the he took over in 2009. But the key issue here is that one thing that colleagues are not taking into consideration is that even in 2013, I think Rajolina had stood, would have stood a great chance because Remember, Rajana Rampianina won those elections because of the endorsement he got from Rajolina because both Rajolina and Ravalomanana were prohibited from contesting those 2013 elections. So since then, I think he worked around his profile and he re-strategized on how to make that political comeback. And he has been doing that. He has been traveling in the, con- in, the in the country to other regions. He has got a, a strong network, apparently from the report I get. So this is an individual who has been working on, on, on his political career since he was out, of, out of, of government, though he was there in parliament, but he's been working on his political uh, career and making sure that it's very solid. Come this election, he will be in the lead as he is now. So I think those are some of the issues to consider. Mm. Um, coming back to you, Lisa, what are your thoughts of Andre, this young comeback kid now? I mean, there's all these allegations also around him with this particular election. Uh, does that make things also complicated for him? The fact that uh, uh, there were uh, stories around him being too young to govern uh, before this particular election. Um, how do you uh, contextualize this man? I actually, you know, uh, to tell you the truth, it is, it's quite surprising how he managed to come back and then, and he's leading in the polls, so there was that runoff on the 19th of December, you know, it's, uh, either of them can win, it was very interesting to see who uh, will get the backing of uh, the outgoing president as well, because as Frank said, in 2013, the compromise that was reached was that neither Rajalina nor Ravala Manana would run but 
Rajun Aliman Pian, who was the finance minister, really somebody uh, very unknown, had the backing of Rajalina. He, we thought that he was Rajalina's man. And he kind of, you know, um, renegated whether there was an agreement in that sense or not. But uh, we know that the, the two of them fell out. So Rajalina, quietly in the background, seemed to have huge amounts of wealth because, um, as I said, the election campaign really, um, it was one of the most expensive on the continent and even the European Union in its statement on the election said that uh, in the constitution and the electoral laws we should really bring in a kind of a cap on expenses. So um, I don't have a straight answer for you how Rajulina actually did that, um, managed to, to make this comeback. And um, uh, how he how he managed to finance this campaign? There are many accusations and and rumours, um, but yeah, I, I don't have a clear answer on that one. Well, well, let me take a quick break. And then when we come back, I want us to look at our other candidates, Mark Ravola Manana, this entrepreneur figure as well, who could be running neck to neck, as was cited by Lisa in December. Uh, so we, we want to know more about him as well, because he has been a president and been in office in 2002 and 2009 and uh, just was like highlighted by Professor Kutsia, the fact that he was trying to liberalize uh, the Madagascan um, economy. Uh, We'll deal with that after this break. Swiss chocolate wouldn't be Swiss chocolate without African cocoa. (laughs) You know, it's funny when you think about it that way because you realize just how important Africa is to the global economy. And as long as we are deemed to be inferior by the community out there, nothing's ever going to change. I believe it was one of the uh, ancient Greek philosophers who said that when we teach, we'll learn twice. Hello, Africa. Welcome to 1000 African Voices on Channel Africa. 1000 African Voices every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. with repeats on Sundays between 10 and 11 as well as on Monday morning between 3 and 4 Central African Time. 1,000 African Voices with me, Awurengwi C on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance from an African perspective. 34 minutes past 11 o'clock Central African time. Thank you for joining us in our Johannesburg studios where we're broadcasting from the SABC's headquarters. Uh, thank you for joining us on our various platforms. And uh, remember, we're asking this uh, question on our Facebook page. Is it a good thing that we are seeing three ex-presidents running for the presidency in uh, Madagascar? Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Go to our Facebook page. want to air your views. want to give your views and maybe they could add something to this particular conversation given Zibangwa says only in Africa can such a thing happen I guess so I guess you've got a point there given but uh, let me bring it back to you uh, Professor Kutsia in terms of your viewpoints around uh, uh, these two leading figures right now who uh, seem to be leading these particular elections uh, Mark Ravalo Manana and also Andrea Jolina how do you contextualize uh, uh, the these two figures. 
Well, maybe to start with Problem uh, Manana, um, he's, in, he's, he's obviously a very rich businessman nowadays, uh, but he, he, he created himself. Uh, he told me how he started with selling yogurt on the streets himself, and how he developed into the, the biggest dairy business, I would say, in, in Madagascar at the moment, when in 2009 all of that was burned down by, by those who came in then. Uh, I don't know exactly who one should accuse for that, but he lost everything. So um, while he was here in exile in South Africa. Um, at, at the same time, he see, because he's a businessman, he, he approaches politics as a business person. He looks at, at the way in which government should approach uh, or the, the, the priorities of government from a, almost from a business point of view. Very similar, I would say, to what President Ramaphosa is doing at the moment here in South Africa. Um, when he was, at the same time, he tried to move away from the Germany that was established by the Francophonie. And he, he told me how many times he was challenged um, by phone calls by former President Chirac, for example, to explain to him that he's, he's, he's making mistakes and uh, he's going to pay the price for that. Um, how, for example, the, the, the conference of the Francophonie was supposed to be held in Madagascar and they cancelled it because of this when he opened up to Germany and, and to China in order to open the Malagasy economy, um, that was, was seen as very negative by the French also. And mm. as a result of that, the Rajwalina came in as, as, first of all, at that stage he was the, the mayor of um, uh, Tananarivu, and uh, he got this, uh, started with a, a public demonstrations against Ravlamanana because he, they were protesting against these too much of a business approach. Um, and these received, obviously, the, report, the support from the, from the military, and that led to what was declared by the uh, SADC and the African Union as an unconstitutional change of government. Um, and they introduced sanctions against uh, Trajolina's government. So Trajolina was never elected as a president. I think we should take that into account. So, um, so this is actually his first election. Um, but what he did is, at that stage, he had obviously the, the support of the French. Um, that was generally accepted by everyone. But over time, he, he started to move away from that. Um, since he was disqualified to, to participate in the 2013 election, the so-called ni um uh, approach, neither Kravla Manana nor uh, Rajalina was supposed to be uh, participating in the election, which was the, the French initiative uh, to do that. So the, the current president, in a sense, is a compromised president. He was, he was in the middle between the two, and neither of the two really um, supported him initially. And I think that, that mm. is the, the dilemma that we face so. at the moment, is of this diversity that exists within, on, within the, the political landscape mm. of Madagascar. All right, before I wrap it up with uh, Frank, let me give Lisa her final say. I know I have to let her go now in the next minute or so. Lisa, your final sentiments? Yes, thank you. Sorry, I, I have to run. Very interesting uh, debate, thanks. Uh, I think we will now see, hopefully, uh, the elections will go smoothly. The first round, apart from those allegations, which, as I say, the European Union apparently said was 
marginal. The elections uh, uh, seem to have gone on well. The Electoral Commission is in drips and drabs releasing these results a week after the vote. But there hasn't been serious allegations of uh, massive irregularities with the actual vote voting and the voting day and so on. But we are quite apprehensive about what will happen after the 19th of December because it's such a close race. There's such a lot of history and animosity between these two candidates. So perhaps the African Union, uh, SADC and so on, will have to keep a close eye on that and uh, try and prevent any post-electoral violence that might occur, you know, if one of the two candidates don't accept uh, those results. Well, thank you so much, Lizzo. You're such a champ. Thank you for giving us your brief time and I hope everything goes well that side in Addis. Thank you very much. Well, let me move on to you, Frank. There is this contestation between these two that we are outlining right now, Mark Ravalomanana and Andre Rajolina. What are your thoughts between that battle? Yeah, the, the battle is a continuation, uh, Benjamin. The prof has given a, a very good perspective around this contestation. But I think at some point, Rajolina was seen as a continuation of the battle Didier Ratsiraka had with uh, uh, Mark Ravalomanana. You remember his TV station was closed down in 2009 after he had given uh, former President Ratsiraka uh, that opportunity to, to, to speak on, on his show and was very critical of the government, government administration of uh, Mark Ravalomanana and it was closed down. So it, it, it's, it's a multiplicity of issues here. The multiplicity of issues is the, the battles, hence the issues of reconciliation now, uh, the, the, the Council for Malagasy Reconciliation. It's trying uh, uh, its best to look into all of these issues in order to see to it that it paves the country into a, a path of stability and peace. So uh, over and above, Prof has covered uh, almost every issue that I would want to raise, except to say just, the battles between Ravalo Manana and, and, and Rajolina are all battles. Uh, they are continuing. In, in, in a part of Rajolina is a battle supported by the, uh, the former president who was very bitter to be removed by Mark Ravalo Manana. Remember, in 2002 elections, they, had, they were supposed to go for re-elections, mm. and Mark Ravalo Manana declared himself the president, and, 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 and Ratiraka was not happy with that. So that uh, feud continued and I think there's that semblance of its existence even to this day. Well we'll wrap it up with that. Thank you Jens for giving us your time. Professor Kutsia, what are your uh, final thoughts, especially when we looking at it in context, just in the next minute um, the, the post environment that we want to see, especially after these elections, uh, if uh, the assertions that Liesl has made that these two could go head to head in uh, the next election round. Yes, I think the polls at the moment are very close. It's 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 very uh, it's very difficult to predict what's going to happen in Mar- in December, 19th of December, because then it's only the two of them and not the 36 that will stand. So it can be a completely different ball game to a large extent. Um, but I think what is hugely important is is that there must be some form of reconciliation between the two. And what we've seen since 2009 is consecutive unity governments that have been formed. First, the one in terms of the SADC um, 
roadmap now earlier this year the constitutional court in, instructed the the, uh, the incumbent president to form again a, a, a unity government with um, a, pre, a prime minister um, of of consensus and i think in for the stability of some of madagascar in future there will have to be some form of 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 agreement uh, between the two main contenders well, thank you guys for giving us your time and uh, we're going to just uh, say goodbye to you guys. Thank you to Frank Likaba, who's a researcher at the Africa Institute of South Africa, unit of the Human Sciences Research Council. Thank you to Prof. Uh, Dirk Kutsier, who's a professor in political sciences at the University of South Africa. Really appreciate you giving us your thoughts. Bye-bye.